This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. I'm talking to Georgia Burt of Byrne and Faith Burkowski of Niskayuna. They are violinists and best friends. Georgia has named her violin, made in Germany in the 1800s, Aphrodite, and says it is her most valued possession. Faith's violin originally belonged to her mother. Her father, too, is a violinist, and she has enjoyed playing with him at nursing homes. Both of them aspire to careers as musicians and will soon be submitting performance tapes to Juilliard. Each of them says that competing with each other fuels their friendship rather than detracting from it. So on June tw- uh, 13th, sorry, on June t- 13th, uh, from 1.30 to 4.30, we are hosting a music concert at Orsini Park, right in the main park, right when you go through Altamont at the gazebo, uh, helping to fundraise some money and uh, food items for the Regional Food Bank of Northeastern New York. Um, we have tried to been thinking of ways we can help support our local community. And we thought playing live music would be the best way, especially after this year when, you know, live music was basically canceled for the last, you know, 10, 12 months. Um, so yeah, we're going to have a bunch of chamber groups from, you know, Dvorak to Beethoven to Duke Ellington (laughs) to, uh, Frank Sinatra basically playing and it's going to be super fun. So that was Georgia we just heard from. Now, Faith, tell us how it is the two of you got involved in doing this. So the two of us are part of a program in the Empire State Youth Orchestra called the Young Leaders Program. Basically, it's to help uh, high school kids like us learn more about uh, making a career in music and just um, trying to do things in general. And we... um, we decided to do for our final project a kind of festival and we came up with this idea that we like georgia said we want to help our community and we're gonna help the food bank the uh (laughs) regional food bank of northeastern new york yes (laughs) and so that's what we're gonna do and we're gonna have a lot of fun with it so yeah so for those that are listening and don't know what the empire state youth orchestra is could you tell us about that Um, Yeah. So the Empire State Youth Orchestra is local to New York. Uh, It's been around for 40, a little bit over 40 years. Um, They've played internationally, nationally. Uh, They have a multitude of different orchestras from symphony orchestra, which is what me and Faith are are in, to string orchestra, to wind orchestras, to jazz ensembles, percussion ensembles, all different groups and all different levels um, from, you know, seven, eight-year-olds, even younger sometimes to, you know, seniors and juniors like we are. Um, And yeah, so it performs all over the place. Uh, Usually we play at a thing called Melodies of Christmas, which is pretty wide known throughout New York, um, where we help support the Melody Center at Albany Med. Um, And that's usually annual. Unfortunately, we didn't have it this past year. But yeah, SEO is just, it's a bunch of fun. It's like a huge family for us. So, yeah, I'll let you take over a little bit. I mean, you kind of like <laughs> really covered it. It's it's serious fun. We're here to make music together and just 
have fun while doing it. So. And you're all the top musicians that get chosen for this. So the music sounds really good. <laughs> and tell us, you both mentioned in passing this idea that you haven't been able to perform as usual throughout this whole pandemic. So just talk a little bit, if you can, about what that was like. Um, did you carry on on your own or how, how did you practice and how did it affect you? So uh, like the personal practicing alone is pretty much the same, but uh, I think Essia actually did a really good job with trying to continue uh, playing in person. Like we came back this year I wasn't even sure what we were going to be able to do, but they kind of like took the normal symphony orchestra size of around 90 to 100 members and split it into three different ensembles so we could all practice socially distant. And it was really good. Uh, It was hard because the um, number of people playing at one time is less and that can make it hard because you don't have all these people around you to like, help you along in what you're playing but it's really good and the kind of insane thing is that our conductor had to do like three programs at once and like I really am (laughs) so admirable I really appreciate him for doing that so (laughs) yeah it was it was definitely a tough year and SU handled it beautifully as, as I think that's the best way to put it we were able to rehearse together we recorded our concert so we were able to give them to our families who, you know, maybe haven't seen some of their students, you know, for months, especially, you know, grandparents and great grandparents. Um, yeah. And kudos to our conductor, Carlos. Um, I don't want to butcher his last name. I think, I think I'm yeah. very sorry. <laughs> I butchered it too. Yeah. So. But he was, I, we both respect him so much and, um, Unfortunately, he is leaving this year. He's moving on to bigger and better things, as we say. But we're going to miss him dearly. And we love the last three years we spent with him. Yes. Yeah, well, it's been hard for people that like music, too. There have been no live concerts. And you're both wearing yellow shirts because you both come from doing what? I'll take this. Um, yeah, we were just at the Troy Farmers Market playing the Spring Up Festival, which was very similar to what we're going to be doing um, on June 13th. It was a bunch of smaller chamber groups playing, but this one was to help support SEO. Usually we have this big concert at uh, Crossgates Mall um, called Playathon. And we, we basically play in crossgates and people throw money at us, which is so much fun. All the orchestras play, but because of, of COVID and social distancing, we weren't able to do that this year. So this was basically our playathon without the falling money. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So people that are thinking of coming to Orsini Park, are they going to be throwing money or how, how should people contribute if they come to this? Uh, this, this is actually... Like, like we said earlier, it's not funding for our orchestra. It's actually for the, the food bank. So people, when they come, they can donate. We're probably going to have, like, online donations, I think that's going to be. Or you can bring, like, food, canned food. Yeah, right? non-perishables. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Yeah. We're also going to – we're going to have, like – you can bring, you know, cash there as well. Um, but really, it's – you know, it's to support the food bank, but it's also just to bring music out again. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all are starving for music. So just 
back up in your lives, um, you're each 17, is that right? And tell us a little about how it is you came to be musicians. How did you first start playing? Did you start with a violin or how, just tell us about your, your life as a musician? So I started playing when I was like four, I think, around there. I can't remember exactly. So <laughs> long time ago. I don't have, unfortunately, I don't have any really cool stories about how I started playing violin, but I've only ever played violin. Never really anything else. I should probably branch out to it. Piano at least, but I'll do it eventually. Um, I also started playing in an orchestra when I was four or five ish. Really? What yeah. kind of an orchestra would have four and five year olds? It was, this was when I still lived in Maryland. I can't remember exactly how it was because I was so young, but it was a string orchestra. And yeah, I literally sat at the back of the third violin section. <laughs> yeah, so I was practically a viola player. <laughs> but uh, it it was so basically orchestra is just my lifeblood. And it's it's probably what I think I do best. Although I, w- I really want to become like a solo violin player if I can. So, and how about you, Georgia? How did you start? Yeah, so I um, I started with piano, and my grandmother, who unfortunately passed um, this past year, she used to teach me on piano when I was three, four years old. We used to start. She used to teach me all the hand positions, and um, she used to play um, "Georgia on My Mind" by memory. Oh, which, how nice um, for you! Which was the first song I heard when I came home from the hospital when I was, you know newborn but she taught me because of the song i was named after my uncle george but that song has always been near and dear to my heart um but she taught start started me on piano and piano i think i have the most exciting story so i'll tell that one instead of violin (laughs) violin my dad's like you're gonna start playing violin i'm like okay i'll start playing violin um but for piano yeah i started with my grandmother and we were looking for another you know music teacher who specialized in teaching. And, um, my dad and I owned a small sailboat and we were took, we took it out to Thompson's Lake. And in the middle of the lake, we saw this, uh, motorboat that ran out of gas. So we towed the motorboat back to their house on our sailboat. We were with my uh, cousin Olivia at the time. And so we went back out sailing for a few more hours and suddenly we see this huge, huge black monstrous storm cloud come over the lake and my cousin was not, did not have sea legs. <laughs> she was super nervous. Um, so we see this huge black storm cloud coming over and starts pouring rain and we sail off to the banks of Thompson's Lake. And we didn't have a place to stay because we don't, we don't live on Thompson's Lake. So we're, we're hiding out under the garage of this one house. And a few houses down, we see the people that we helped on the motorboat waving us over. And the, the woman, her name's Kimberly Conway. She's awesome. She happened to be a piano teacher looking for new students. They just moved from Ohio and they were looking for new piano students. So that's how I met my, my old piano teacher. Oh, that's a wonderful story. You rescued her and then they rescued rescued you. Oh, I love it. Yep, she's now she's now a very close family friend. Um, I've moved on from her because she's she told me to move on. She said I was too good at piano to be playing with her. So now I'm working with a great musician named Svetlana Smolina, and she's a world class pianist. She travels all over the place. I think she's in Moscow right now, even. But well, Svetlana sounds like a good name <laughs> yes. for being in Moscow. Wow. So the two of you were sharing with me some of your dreams. I know you're both going to be applying to Juilliard and <laughs> <Eastman>. hopefully. <laughs> 
just tell us a little about what's that like because you're best friends, but here you're going to be competing for these very rarefied spots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're competing because we have to constantly get better but like the whole purpose of it is we're getting better while having fun together and that's what why we play music so yeah yeah (laughs) but getting getting into college definitely is very competitive thing and yeah yeah so tell us what the process is like you were telling me how um you're going to be going to the troy music hall to record just tell us a little about what you have to to do yeah so it really depends on the college but the overall, I don't know, concept is the right word, but what most colleges look for is usually a pre-audition, which is a recorded um, audition that you send into these colleges and they basically say, okay, you can audition for us. So no way, we're not going to take you type of stuff. And then if you get past the pre-auditions, which not all colleges have, I know Juilliard has one. Um, Curtis has a couple, which Curtis is another <laughs> one of the great or- uh, orchestras, <laughs> colleges <laughs> in the world. Um but once you get past the pre-auditions, you go in for a live audition. Usually this year is a little bit different with, you know, social distancing and the pandemic. So it might be recorded this year. It might change later on. We're not sure yet. But usually you go in, you have to play um, at least one movement of a major concerto. And a major concerto is, you know, something like Tchaikovsky violin concerto for a cellist, like Elgar cello concerto, which these are like... I mean, I don't know what, like other instruments do i've only looked for violin yeah. so or like or with piano like tchaikovsky piano concerto these you know world famous composers with these awesome you know concertos and then usually a bach movement and bach is you know the god solo, of music solo bach solo bach I mean, he's he's the top of the the top basically and bach is awesome <laughs> yes um and uh, faith is playing a piece called the chaconne which is yeah. like it's like my favorite thing to play yeah. right now. So. What, what is the chaconne? The chaconne, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's a movement of this uh, thing called a partita. And it's from partita number two. And the chaconne is probably considered one of the best Bach or the best Bach piece for violin, for solo violin. It's this. Yeah. It's only violin the entire way through. It's all these, you know, chords and these beautiful melodies. Um, and it's just, it's super difficult. Like, it's, it's, it's really like difficult. It's 15 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my it's, goodness. Yeah. So, you know, you play this Bach, you play this concerto, then you usually play either some scales or an etude. An etude is a piece that's all about technique. It's all about, you know, getting the right bow stroke or um, the right you know, hand movement. And some of the most famous ones are like the Paganini caprices, you know. Yeah, do a Paganini, you'll really impress the judges. Yeah. You have to do it well, though. (laughs) Yeah, Paganini is, you know, another one of those gods of music that all the violinists looked up to. That's really famous ones, Paganini Caprice 24. Um, (laughs) But there's a whole bunch. And, you know, you pick from them. Some, Some colleges have, you know, they say, okay, you have to play this one. You have to play this one. But all music is good music. So yeah. it's it's really up to the to the students, as I say. So how how tell us about the rest of your lives. In other words, I think you were saying the dominant thing you do, you're homeschooled, Georgia, but you go to Niskiuna Public School Faith, but the dominant part of your day is practicing the violin just kind of describe a typical day or how that fits in with the rest of your life i mean now uh like since school is hybrid either usually it's like if you're going in at all you go in one day and you're at home the next i don't go in every day actually that i could 
because I have a lot of like free time on certain days. So I want to be able to be at home and practice since you're not allowed to use practice rooms at school now, which is like, I don't like that, but it's a thing. So uh, <laughs> uh, basically the days I do go in are because I want to play with the school orchestra. So like help them out there. So, but usually I'll just, I'll wake up, I'll go to class and then when I get out around two, it's like, okay, I'm just going to like chill out for a bit and then eventually get to practicing and maybe homework at some point <laughs> because it's just like not my top priority, but I do it enough where I can just like, you know, keep a good grade. So, But your priority is playing the violin. Yeah. And a lot of it, I actually... I don't really do as much practicing as I probably should. And that's not only is that due to me wanting to do other stuff, but also like I have to go to so many rehearsals now and it's just like a bunch of things. It's very time consuming. It's a lot of time, but it's very fun and I enjoy playing with everyone. So, yeah. So do you enjoy the time by yourself more or the time playing with other people more? Definitely playing with other people. I find it hard to actually get myself to practice when I'm alone, which is definitely something you need as a musician. And it's a hurdle I'm trying to get over since I wanted, like, you know, actually go to music school and be a musician. So, yeah. And how about you, Georgia? How does it fit in with homeschooling? Yeah, well... The One of the primary reasons I'm homeschooled is to focus on, you know, practicing and everything. And, you know, I took AP chemistry this year, which might not have been such a good idea because it's taken up a lot of my time. <laughs> like, I quit my AP class. You should have quit too. <laughs> AP, for those that don't know, is advanced yeah. placement. And they're yes. college level courses that you can take in high school if you're very smart. Go Apparently ahead. they're also like all harder than even college classes. So. Yeah, they're, That's they're, what I've heard. They're, they're difficult, but... With, if I was to say without taking AP chemistry, my ideal day of practicing would be to get up, you know, relatively early, you know, 7, 7.30, and then pretty much get right on to practicing. You know, I usually try to start with piano. It helps warm up my fingers, helps get my ear ready to really listen to the right notes and make sure I'm in tune. Um, and then I go on to violin. Um, and like Faith said, there's we have a lot of rehearsals. We're in two chamber groups together where an orchestra together where we do solo th- we do solo works we have private lessons we have all this all this stuff oh yeah and don't forget like helping out with the other kids yeah, uh, we, yeah. we help out with the younger groups in seo um so oh, that's interesting yeah. like you're coaching the younger like yeah being mentors yeah. to the younger kids yeah even today i helped conduct one of the younger <laughs> uh, one of the younger orchestras today because our usual conductor wasn't wouldn't wasn't able to come so i stood at the front and played my violin while yeah. you know moving my body to extremes to try to give them the right beat <laughs> oh my goodness yeah. oh wow yeah. well we're in for a treat now because these two young women have agreed to play a little bit for us and it's a piece that George's father was telling us is called A Shogun Farewell and it's written by Jay Unger who's a well-known modern fiddler who had a music camp in Pennsylvania and um, wrote this melancholy farewell that then was used in this famous documentary for the Civil War by Ken Burns so people think of it as a Civil War 
song when really he wrote it in modern times. But um, if you could get your violins out, we'll we'll have a listen. Totally. to get the understanding of who's pulling the bow when and just harmonizing so beautifully. Oh, thank you. Wow. Wow. Oh, my gosh. So as um, they were setting up to do this, Faith and Georgia were talking a little about their instruments, and I'd just like it if you could share that with our listeners. Um, Georgia, tell us about your instrument. Yeah, so my instrument is, I'm just going to check the date inside of it, but I'm pretty sure it's from 1877, so it's very old. It's, uh, it was made in Germany. It's my prized possession. I love her so much. It's a her. <laughs> it's a her. Does she have a name? I need, okay, it's a kind of a funny name, but okay. this is when I was like really into my Greek mythology, like Roman mythology stage. Her name's Aphrodite. Oh, Aphrodite. <laughs> um, I named, I actually named my previous violin that. I just transferred the name over. And my bow is named Athena, which is kind of funny because Athena usually uses a bow, if, yes. I'm, if I'm correct. The huntress, <laughs> the yes. The huntress, yeah. Um, and the huntress plays the god of beauty. Yeah. So, yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's the story of my violin. Um, and what kind of wood is that made out of? It's beautiful. I'm actually not sure. Yeah. Um, the special thing about this, and it's uh, c- kind of unusual, it's, it's called has one piece back. So I'm just showing you right now. Yeah. Um, if you look at Faith, she has like a line right down the middle of her back. I um, see. Which yeah. means that's made in two pieces of wood. Mine was made with one piece. And there's, there's nothing super special about it. It's kind of just preference of the luthier who made it. But... Yeah, I love my violin. (laughs) So, Faith, tell us about your violin. I mean, it's not really a special story as Georgia does. I don't know that much about it. I just know that it's my mom's violin, and she bought it. Well, 
Yeah, she got it in New York City, so that's all. <laughs> I think it's great having it passed down through a generation. Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to, like, look for, a, like, my violin, but I haven't gotten a chance to do something like that yet, so. Have you named your violin? No. No? I'm not really into the whole naming thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my old teachers. She's like, you have to name your instruments. I was like, Aphrodite. <laughs> well, but it's an instrument. <laughs> it it's, but it's like, it's like, it's like a. A pet or a family member like you wouldn't I don't know it's it, people some people think of it as almost like a machine because you're using it to improve something right yeah I mean it's but, more like it's just a part of me yeah but it, it's, it's like it's like a almost like a limb like it's like another part of you like I'll walk I'll hit my case like on a side of door barely and yes. I say ow yeah, and it doesn't even hurt me too. and it like it hurts me but it doesn't if you know what I mean yeah it does inside yeah. I get it. and I just tell us a little about your parents Faith because your mother played violin did you say your father did also yes so they must be very excited that you are doing this yeah so. do you ever play together the three of you uh, we have in the past, but not so much now, so. But what a nice thing for a family <laughs> to share. Yeah. Well, I have just been so thrilled that you two came to my doorstep today. And I just want to close out to remind people um, about the concert in Orsini Park on June 13th, 1.30. And... Um, do either of you have some closing thoughts that you'd like to leave our listeners with just about music or about yourselves, anything at all? Well, it's actually, you said it starts at 1.30, but it's more of like an ongoing thing from 1.30 to 4.30. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to have different groups playing. You yeah, just like all different groups. Oh, good yeah. to know. So people yeah. just kind of come when they want yeah. in that time, that yeah. three-hour time period. Yeah, you can stay if you want. You can just pass through, enjoy the music for a little bit, but... I would say as like a closing remark, you know, the the reason we're making this festival is to help our community. And I mentioned this earlier, but it's really just to kind of almost heal what's been going on the last, you know, year, year and a half almost with, you know, the pandemic and everything has been going on. I think music, it can be used in such different ways, you know, not just to in, for enjoyment, but it can be used, you know, you know, when I have some family members passing, I go to my violin or my piano. I just start playing and it helps me calm down or helps me express those emotions. So it's almost like a healing thing. So this is a great way to come enjoy some really good music and to maybe help heal a little bit if you need to. Yeah. Music therapy is definitely a thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, actually, speaking of uh, <laughs> a thing that my dad used to do was go play at nursing homes. And I've done that a couple of times. Yep. It's really nice. The people there love it. So Yeah. It's always great to see smiling faces after yes. we finish. Uh, smiling or even sometimes some tears. It's always, it's, yeah. We know to know that we influence somebody's emotions in a good way or in just like a, in a way is always yeah. good. I think <laughs> one of the most difficult things about playing music is trying to get what you're feeling across through it. That's definitely something I'm struggling with personally right now. So yeah. it's like, is what... Uh, separates good players from the great players. Yep. So, so rather than just playing the notes that you see, you're trying to express what you're feeling yourself. Yeah. Yes, and what you think that the music is supposed to be expressing. Yeah. 
Definitely. And of course, for different people, that's going to be different things. Yeah, like this Ashokan Farewell, you know, when I'm playing this, I'm trying to think of somebody, you know, walking off into either a sunset or just walking off and you're, this is like kind of what's going on in your mind or, you know, just playing different pieces or different emotions to it. Um, even playing today, we played at Troy earlier for the farmer's market. We were playing this like super happy piece, but even then, like it was playing as our conductors, like our last concert with our conductor almost. So even then I was like... This piece has so many different meanings. I'm trying to bring out, you know, the the melancholic feeling of it. <laughs> I use that word a lot, but melancholic. Well, yes. some music reaches you in a way that words don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there is even for a person like myself that's not musical listening to the two of you. I it reaches something. I don't know what it yeah. is. It's a language. In it's and of definitely itself. a language. Yeah. yeah, it's a way that everybody can communicate. Whether or not you're, even even if you're, you know, halfway across the country, like from Spain or you know Japan or you know Africa, somebody can play a piece of music and convey feelings or convey even words. Like at some points, you can be like, "This is meaning hello." Like I want to. I'm welcoming you to this place or it can be, you know, a farewell like we just played. Yeah, it's like it's like magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.